Advocacy comes in many forms, and there's no shortage of causes and organizations and people to support and stand by. But sometimes we learn about causes that have very little attention despite them needing it the most. And after my conversation with musician, filmmaker, and advocate Rob Young, learning about his work advocating for deported veterans left me stunned and knowing that we as a country need to do so much more. You're listening to We Need to Talk. We need to talk. Rob Young, thank you so much for joining me on We Need to Talk today. All right. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So glad to have you here. Um, I've known you, obviously, as an artist. Uh, I had you come in for Black Voices Heard before, but I love how much humanitarian work you do. And I think it's really important. And I think what I love the most is seeing Black people getting involved on the humanitarian level and not just with issues that affect us and our community, but getting involved in other marginalized groups and advocating for them. Because I don't care what anybody says, I think that Black people have the ability for the most empathy out of out of any group based on our history in this country, truly. So I think that we should be leading the charge, not only in trying to make a difference in our community, but also helping others. And I think it's really important. And I know that a lot of the work that you do personally, it centers around advocating for other people. But when did that become a passion for you? And why have you put so much energy into advocacy? Um, well, my household, you know, my dad's a, a motivational speaker and a poet. Um, and my mother uh, worked in the educational system. Um, at one point, we owned the second largest African art museum on the West Coast, actually. Uh, so it was very much embedded into my psyche to understand the importance of not only uplifting and empowering yourself and your voice, uh, but the responsibility with that knowledge to do so for other individuals. Uh, so it's it's very much um, kind of in my gene pool. Yeah. Um, you know, my sister works for child services. My brother, mm. well, my brother, he's a yoga comedian, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's giving he's giving people this laughter, you know. And so we're we're all um, we all you know challenge ourselves to find our own personal way of making the world better. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that it's just in, in the family. What are some lessons, though, growing up that your parents taught you specifically just about, you know, being a part of a marginalized demographic as you grow older, but how to extend that empathy and advocacy to other people? Wow. There are so many lessons uh, that I could come off with uh, that my father told me. I will tell you one story. There's, I have so many, uh, but that was- We uh, love stories. We love stories on this yeah, show. <laughs> that, that was so, it was so monumental. It's kind of funny. So I was uh, hanging out at my kitchen with a group of my friends and we're all talking about, you know, the CIA putting crack in the neighborhoods and mm -hmm. UFOs and the government's against us. And we were kind of just shooting the numbers at each other. And- um, my dad came in with this huge whiteboard and he plopped it on the, in the kitchen. And he said, everybody shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, my, my casual, what's going on? And uh, he drew on this big whiteboard. He was like, mother Teresa, Malcolm X, 
Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and you. And then he mm. said, now who is the most important person on this whiteboard? And we all started, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King did his thing, you know, he was he was peaceful, you know what I'm saying? But Malcolm X, he was standing outside with the gun, you know, he was ready, he was, yeah, but Gandhi, you know, Gandhi gave his life, you know, so we all started going back and forth. And then he just looked at us and said, you guys don't get it. Mm. All of them are gone. Their legacy sealed. They no longer can make an impact. But you have this opportunity today. Mm. What are you going to do with it? And then he got his whiteboard and just walked out of the kitchen. <laughs> so, I mean, like those those very like tidbit moments that we, I've had, you know, being able to see, you know, growing up when we had Jazzy Robert uh, African Art Cultural Center um, and seeing my father um, take uh, kids from the neighborhood, um, you know what I'm saying, who was gang activity yeah. and things of that nature on uh, MLK Boulevard on Hilltop, Tacoma, um, and then walk them around uh, and showing them the different artwork uh, uh, to show them exactly where their lineage comes from and the responsibility yeah. with that lineage. And then watching these kids, you know, walking in, you know, wearing rags and walking out crying. Mm. Those those moments um, are incredibly stamped into my brain of showing yeah. how um, history, knowledge, and how much it has uh, impact on individuals. Yeah. And it could change the course of someone else's life, you know. And, and I love that your dad chose to just make that a teachable moment and then left you to think about it on your own. Like, it wasn't like he like was browbeating this idea into you. It was just that one simple, like, all of these people are gone. It's it's basically up to you now. And think about it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and that's incredible. I love that, though. I love that because... When kids have those, that's, I mean, look at how long that stayed with you, right? Oh, when kids have day, those yeah. kind of moments, mm -hmm. that's what drives you to do what you end up doing. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, uh, uh, with that, even in those moments, you know, my dad was like everyone's dad, you know? So everyone, everyone who came over to my house, he was their dad, you know? And so it really yeah. shows um, it takes a community, you know, it takes a village. And as we get into these these places, it shows the possibility of impact. Like that mm -hmm. one moment, you know, forever stayed with me. So now when I ever I have the opportunity to talk to youth or going to schools or anything and, you know, they're going through their adolescent challenges, it's like if I could just say one thing, they mm -hmm. they might not remember me and they might not remember where this came from. But if I could just say one thing to plant a seed, then I'm doing my job. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And I know that, you know, you mentioned being a speaker, you talk to young kids and you have your organizations that we're going to get into a, in a little bit, but you also use art as um, a way to advocate for change. And it, that's one of my favorite mediums to use just through music, through, through film, through um, conversation, obviously doing this podcast. And I think art is one of the best ways to reach people and to get across a message. So for you in your artistic career, how has that been effective for you trying to get across these messages that you really stand for and getting people to listen and, and hopefully they they want to get on board with making a change as well. How has that been effective for you? Um, It's been very effective to be completely honest. I mean, um, in all truth, the, uh, uh, organization and company excuse my accent started from a song uh it started from a record we produced called excuse my accent and 
seeing individuals look at that music video, which is 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 very heart wrenching, uh, which mm -hmm. was the point. Uh, was slapping people in the face with the reality. Um, seeing grown men start to cry after watching that video just shows the power of music in itself. Music is in a universal language. Everyone knows that, you know, uh, you know, Pharrell, some, Pharrell said once, I don't want to make them think I want to make them feel, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, there's, there's a lot of possibility in it. Uh, I believe that through that lens of entertainment and music and being able to stand on stage and find a way to connect it, it makes individuals feel like they're not alone. You know, mm. um, we experienced this, this world and we have a time span and and especially in this world we live in now it can feel very individualistic and you can feel mm -hmm. like you're going through this process of life alone a lot of the times so to be able to utilize music and show emotion and then connect with another individual who doesn't have the gift to be able to say it, I, I feel like that's I don't know. I feel like that's God's work. You know, I just, I just yeah. decided to throw my, um, my music project life is 2020 in hindsight on my, uh, website and mm -hmm. I kind of been hoarding it a little bit. Um, I have a song called 22, uh, about an individual who, um, one of my best friends who passed away from fentanyl mm -hmm. during 22, 2020. Um, and I was nervous to put that song out cause it was so vulnerable. Yeah, as soon as I put it out the exact same day, someone contacted me and told me I went through the exact same thing. Wow. You know, and um, yeah. that is the beauty. And and I think that as gifted individuals, and I'm saying this, I got to remind myself, it's a responsibility, you know, Yeah. yeah. Um, to share. Yeah. And just as you said earlier, like if you can just drop one seed for like the younger generation, it's also if you just touch one person with the work that you're doing, you're making a difference. Exactly. It may feel small in, at that moment, but that one person that reached out to you, that's exactly what it's all about. Exactly. Like, I've had that happen many times and it's really, it's humbling, but it's also a reminder. Like you said, like, oh, I have a responsibility to do this. Like I'm, I'm affecting somebody positively, so I have to keep going. So I, I love that. I love that. Um, I want to go back a little bit and talk about your organization, excuse my accent, and how it came to be and what the purpose of it is, because I think it's a really, really beautiful uh, collective that you, you put together through that. Yeah. Um, excuse my accent. Uh, like I mentioned before, it started from a record. Um, mm -hmm. And when I was writing the record uh, with the co-producer and co-artist, uh, Dre Ross, you know, we really felt like I really felt like this is bigger than one song um, and what we can explore with the medium of language um, and how that could break down into our human experiences and our culture, cultural experiences um, and how we could play with that through the lens of entertainment. So with mm -hmm. the, with excuse my accent, our whole entire goal is to highlight and humanize stories of culture and create a platform of intercultural communication, not multicultural communication intercultural communication where it's you could you know I, I like the analogy of the salad bowl you ever hear the salad bowl analogy mm, no lay yeah. it on me yeah salad bowl <laughs> you know the salad bowl I love this analogy can't even remember where I got this from but it's perfect um in America we think of the melting pot the melting yes. pot is you know this this place where you know we come and we melt together with everything you know mm -hmm. and then we become America 
right? Um, I believe in the foundation that every individual has something to contribute and they can stay holistically themselves Mm -hmm. while being a part of that contribution. And it's still uniquely amazing. And we could learn from each other and we could educate each other. We might not go through the same experiences because no one does, yet we could learn from each individual's experience and celebrate those. So with uh, the the salad bowl analogy, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you be a tomato, I'm going to be a lettuce. You be an onion. Someone else is a carrot. Someone else is a carrot. <laughs> get some croutons. Got to get the bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Throw it all together. And I you make it. It's a beautiful salad. But, you know, if the tomato decides, you know, I don't want to be in the salad. I'm just chill with the tomatoes. Tomato's still amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I think that we, we could be unique and still share this existence and this reality mm-hmm. together and learn from each other. And that's what really, excuse my accent, is about. It's it's very humanistic. I think that's beautiful. But have you found that there's, and this is just from your personal experience, but you could talk about what you see in society as well. Do you think that there's a resistance towards that mindset in this country? Absolutely. I mean, there's resistance to everything. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter what you do you know what i'm saying sometimes i gotta remind myself like you know what i'm saying like martin luther king was once the most hated man on the planet yes yes you know? truthfully and, yeah and this is this is just a fact they actually yeah. did they did polls you know what i mean um yeah. and he was also hated by african-americans as well because he was standing against the status quo and sometimes yeah. as a, a as a visionary you have to you know mobilize through that minutiae you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of comes along with it. So is there pushback? Uh, yes. Do I warrant it? Yes. Do I believe that if there's more, that means I'm doing more of my job? Yes. You yeah. know, um, yeah, I believe in love is a weapon, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, being righteous is a weapon, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to fight with love. You have to yeah. fight with love, yeah, no matter and what. And no that's one what. of the hardest things to do because it'd be very easy to fight fire with fire, right? Right, right. But it doesn't, you don't get any, <laughs> that just makes the fire bigger. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I don't know. I, You know, I uh, I tend to look at it, um, I believe in, uh, in in a resolutionary, revolutionary love. You know what I'm saying? So- I think of love as a fire and that weapon is a fire, mm. you know? And so yeah. I don't, I don't think of it as something sitting down, you know, I, I believe that like, even with Martin Luther King and all of the things that he did, that there was a, a, a strong energy behind the sacrifices that he was doing. He, it wasn't all kumbaya. It was strategic, you know? Right. Um, right. And so I think that just kind of comes with it. I had a, um, I had an associate recently um, and we're working on a project in Hawaii. I'm a part of a board uh, called Kwana Ike, which Mm -hmm. is looking to spread the message of Aloha uh, throughout the world, Um, creative director. And and we were talking about some things. I was talking to her about this actually precisely. And her response was, oh, so they had things to say about that. And I was like, yeah. And they said, that's perfect. That means they care about it just as much as you do. 
Mm. And I was like, wow, that's a good way to put it. That there is energy, you know? Yeah. They yeah. they say that um they said there's they say there's three. You got me started. I'm gonna just go. Go, go, go. <laughs> it, you got me started. I'm gonna just go. They say there's three types of people in this world, right? There's a person going the right direction, there's a person going nowhere, and there's a person going the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Out of those three people, who do you not want to be around? Probably the person going nowhere. The person going nowhere. Yeah. Because there's no energy. Yeah. So yeah. if there's energy, you all you have to do is take that energy and redirect it. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, like, if you're going the wrong direction, you just turn the person around and like, nope, go this way. Exactly. If you ain't going nowhere, ain't going there's nowhere. nowhere to push you to go. Yeah. 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 I so, love that. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> You could use that one. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it, Rob. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> no, there's there's something that you do that I have found so remarkable, and it's something that I don't think we talk about enough, which is also one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. But it's something that I think is very important for people to understand. And it's the work that you do with the deported veterans community. And this is very different from just the veterans community. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you about this, because I was so unaware that, that this is a thing, right? And you do a lot of work with them. And I just want to know your background in regards to that, how you got involved. And then I want to talk a little bit about what people may not realize that, like, you could be a veteran and still be deported. Like, that's just, it's it blows my mind that you could fight for this country be for this country but then they could be like well thanks we don't need you anymore so i just i want to talk a little bit about how you got involved and what you've even come to learn in regards to it and why it's become a huge part of your platform and your advocacy yeah Ooh, chills let's go <laughs> i know we're uh, about to get into it <laughs> yeah uh it actually all starts it, it's so funny because when it comes down to music it, it actually i could take it all the way back to creating that record excuse my accent shameless plug just go check it out um check it out for real yeah yeah um and what happened was is while i was writing that song um i was kind of just going through this creative process and was just looking at things about immigration xenophobia just kind of like just trying to pull from the ethos and i ran across this story about hector brajas um who started the deported veteran support house and is a deported veteran himself and mm -hmm. I, like pretty much anyone who hears that for the first time, is like, that doesn't make any sense. And so I thought it was like, this has got to be a mistake. And so I did right. more and more research, uh, and it wasn't. And so I decided to reach out to Hector Brajas um, and invite him to be in the music video, make a cameo, because I felt that that story in itself exemplifies who we are, as excuse my accent, what we stand for at its very, very fine core. Um, and so he obliged, he came down, um, and then he came with, uh, another fellow deported veteran, Kevin Martinez, and, uh, we got to meet them and, um, I convinced Dre, who's executive producer of the docu, the documentary that we have called bring them home, um, mm -hmm. to do a documentary on them. Um, and so we did a docu short called bring them home, um, about him, um, and other deported veterans, uh, you know, the, the crazy thing about deported veterans is you hear deported. And so a lot of people naturally rush to the Latin community, which it is very prominent. Yet mm -hmm. this is an issue that is very global and it's all over the world. There's like wow. deported veterans in France, Canada, 
Belize, Jamaica, uh, Costa Rica. It's it's literally everywhere. Um, and it's been an issue. So I would say like an American dirty little secret that's been happening since around 1996. Wow. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. Um, what we wanted to do is create this uh, documentary and, and what made me want to dive in and dive in and get involved is, is knowing that I have, you know, this ability to tell stories and utilize art. And I felt like it was a way for me to contribute um, and be a part of change, you know? Um, and I don't believe in, you know, boxing change, you know, yeah. I, I'm not um, a, a veteran or my immigrant yet. It makes no sense for me to, put myself in a box on where I should contribute. Um, right. And I felt like this needed change. You know, when it comes to veterans in general, I feel like we, like when you said like this kind of like America's dirty little secret, I kind of feel like people have misconceptions about how veterans are actually treated and supported in general, whether they're U.S. citizens or not, or whatever the case be. Um, because, I mean, I don't know much about the military. I really just don't get involved in those conversations. But I'm so interested in this, really, because you you brought it to my attention. But in your research and in your meeting, you know, having uh, – what was his name again that was in your documentary? Uh, Hector Brajas. Hector, yes, yes, yes. In having Hector part of the documentary and just talking to him, like, what have you learned about – how the government actually treats veterans and what do they actually do for veterans? Cause I feel like what I've seen, there's just little to no support. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, everything that I've uh, come to no, I acknowledge is through experiences uh, mm -hmm. and being a student to other individuals' experiences right. um, and being willing to listen. Um, with saying that, based on the information and experiences that I ha that have been shared with me, it's um, very concerning and frustrating. Um, there is a lack of support um, that I have constantly heard and I think that that's kind of obvious. If you're an American, it's like we, if you're American and you pay any kind of attention, you kind of know already. Yeah, we yeah. just don't treat our veterans that well, you know? Um, there's a lot of bureaucracy that's involved um, that's stifling the support for veterans uh, based on the information that was shared with me. Um, mm -hmm. So I think at a foundation, it's a major problem because mm. it, it doesn't make any sense for me. And as an individual, personally, there's nothing in me that could get me to put a gun in my hand and go to another country. Mm. Could not do that. Do mm. I love America? Absolutely. I love being here. Just not me. Right. Now, if someone is willing to do so, and sacrifice their life and then dedicate their life um, to that, I believe that makes them more American than any human being possible. Mm -hmm. So if there was like uh, some kind of stipulation of what makes you a United States American, I would say willing to die for the country hmm. is hmm. 
probably kind of like, okay, you're sold. So the the idea that they're being deported, uh, uh, just speaking on this in in itself, is um, it's ridiculous. Um, I'll share a story. You ready? Okay. Yeah. So I got a call from uh, Mauricio Hernandez. Now, Mauricio Hernandez, who's in the documentary, he was deported for 10 years. Um, Extreme PTSD, stab wounds, the whole nine yards. Uh, Very harrowing story. Um, uh, You know, he was a combat veteran. So I'm just, he's a combat veteran, you know? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, he um, is called us one day uh, and he said, hey, you know, I'm going to be crossing the Cedro border um, and I'm finally starting the process to get my citizenship after 10 years of deportation. Um, he wanted us to come down uh, and thank us for being a part of the process as well have a conversation with him i was excited because to me he's a hero so i was like oh i get a hug in real life you know um after we sat down and we spoke with him one of the last things that he said was after 10 years of deportation being homeless in mexico if you told me i need to go to war right now i'd be like where's my boots and gun and he'd still go fight for the United States of America. Wow. So if that's not patriotic. Right. Right. If that's not love, if that's not sacrifice, then I don't know what is. And I think that with um, tangent, but it's all relevant. I think that when we talk about uh, how we treat our veterans and then with deported veterans, it's hard not to separate how we look at people of color or people who are foreign period with this conversation. And how do we identify as American? What makes someone American, you know? Um, And that's why it's more than a piece of paper. It's more than a piece of paper. You know, it's a love. Yeah. It's a, it's a want for freedom. You know, I guess what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is like what are the the government reasons for when they get deported despite them being a veteran it is all over the place yeah it's like i'm sure it's not consistent (laughs) i'm sure it's different for each person i'm sure there's a there's a lot of different reasons why veterans are uh, are being deported um uh previously there was a really uh there's a lack of education on the immigration system. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, veterans have been offered citizenship, uh, but there wasn't the necessary process towards naturalization uh, mm. while in the military. So if you're giving someone a gun, they're concentrating on training and assuming that they're getting their citizenship and there wasn't a right. due process put in place. Um, so if something happened to the veteran, honorable, dishonorable discharge, they naturally think that they're a citizen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've heard stories literally of someone who, um, was fighting in the war, um, and he ended up, uh, after being out of the military, he got deported because of something he did when he was 11 years old, cause he stole a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard stories of Kevin Martinez. He got deported cause he missed a, a date for his, um, to, to, 
to get his citizenship and mm. so they wouldn't let him back in the country but he was actually training the military um and so wow. it's it's there's a lot of different variables it's it's very wide on how this happens um and every story is unique um every story is unique which is why we're looking to continue um having these conversations through a docu series we're working on right now mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. to dive into these individual stories and show how fractured the process is um yet we really pride ourselves on being solution-based oriented. Um, so we want to also show uh, and highlight uh, a solution. Where can people see this documentary, Bring Him Home, just so they can get a, a deeper understanding of how serious the situation is? Because I truly, I had no idea until until we decided to chat about it. I truly had no idea. Well, we have yet to release the film. Um we last year did the whole festival circuit. Um, mm -hmm. So we were kind of holding tight to that. And we won best of the festival at San Luis Obispo. We won best of the fest at Catalina Film Festival. So it, it's gotten its accolades. And now we really want to make sure that it's used for its intended purpose of advocacy. Yeah. So we're going to be releasing yeah. it to the public this year. Yet if you want to follow our journey, um, and much would be appreciated if you donated. I'm just saying. Of course, of course. Advocacy costs money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does it does <laughs> yeah um, uh, you could go to bringthemhomefilm.com um, and then sign up uh, we're going to be releasing it here mid this year um, we've been working uh, with the ACLU SoCal um, Immigrant Defenders Law Center um, and really organizing all of the different deported veterans organizations deported veterans support house uh, black deported veterans of America my guy James, um, and really organizing. Uh, there's been a coalition that's been organizing to really get this word out. And honestly, we're just happy to be a part of the solution. Because that's what's important. Mm -hmm. We know that there's so many problems, but it's really taking that leap to to be the solution. And despite all odds, too, because I'm sure you guys are probably running into a lot of issues and a lot of resistance and a lot of people that probably don't want you exposing, as you said, America's dirty little secret. I'm sure you've come across that. Yeah, yeah, you know that's 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 uh that's happened. We 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 expect we expect it to happen some more. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know it's it's the film the film actually got its way um uh, to Secretary Mayorkas and he got a chance to see it before mm. meeting with deported veterans themselves. And so it's you know it's really speaking truth to power it, yeah. literally. Um, and you know my. My dream is to be able to show this film in D.C. Uh, and sit Congress men and women down and just have them experience it. You know, it's a short film. It's it's really we're not biased in any way as far as left or right. I, I don't even believe this is a left or right issue. You know, I think this it's is an a, American issue. It's an American issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Immigrants have been fighting in every war since America was even an idea so yeah. i think a lot of people um miss that or they're like yeah. well how does an immigrant fight for the country he's like no we've been doing that yeah so yeah this whole um glitch in the matrix is relatively recent for the last couple of decades and so yeah. i mean you know mistakes happen i guess whatever 
we just want to fix them. <laughs> you just want to fix them. Yeah. And I love it. I love that that's what you're, you're using your gifts for. I love that you're using your platform for that. It's it's incredibly important. And, you know, I will support you in any way that I can. And I know the people listening are, are going to be going to that website and, and also looking up your documentary and stuff. But how can they follow you personally, Rob Young, um, and keep up with all the good things that you're doing? Yes. Um, you can catch me on Instagram, official Rob Young. Um, also the umbrella of everything we're doing uh, is youngworldmedia.com. Um, we also have a creative company, uh, Dream Roots Creative, that works with like the Office of Equity in Washington State, where I'm from, which is the first Office of Equity in Government History, Washington State, which I'm very proud to say this. <laughs> is looking to become the first belonging state in America. And wow. hopefully that concept is something that reverberates around yeah. you know, the country. Um, on, Washington. Let's go. You know what I'm talking about? Let's go. You know? Uh, so that's so that's beautiful. And, and Dreamers Creative uh, just released a project, um, uh, Life is 2020 in Hindsight. Um, and also, excuse my accent. So you could just tap into all the different um, avenues that we have uh, through youngworldmedia.com. Love it. Well, keep doing what you're doing, Rob, and um, let us know any way that we can continue to support you in your efforts because they're important. Thank you so much. Thank of you. Course, thanks so much for joining me. We can talk about